What are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. You have freed the soul of Mentana. Torment will be his. Endless agony is all he will know until the end of time. You have performed well, mortal. Perhaps you will be my servant again one day. Take this and use it well. Bring strife and discord with you wherever you may travel. Now, go! Uh, Lotus, that was the voice of, uh, Molag Ball at the end of the quest line in Skyrim when you get the, uh, get the, uh, Daedric weapon from him, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, he's a scary dude. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is your host, Tom or robots. That's Lotus. We're talking about Molag Ball today. And we get a real creeper on the docket today. A real creeper with content warning at the beginning, uh, sexual assault, all forms of assault, any type of assault or torture or murder any of that stuff if that bothers you then this is not the episode to listen to today yeah there's definitely a few things that um if you bring them into a real world application out of the you know creative writing fantasy aspect this is a little triggery uh i would imagine so just be forewarned yeah Yeah. it's he is definitely like an. Most of the time, this is one of the stereotypical, like, overtly evil characters, and they do a real impressive job making it uh, so that you, it's real hard to relate to Molag Ball on many levels. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it's hard to relate to many of the Daedric princes in some fashion or another. But it, it's true. But like, oftentimes yeah. you can find like, oh, well, there's this redeeming quality to offset it. Molag Ball's realm, as we'll get into, is almost all horrific things. <laughs> yeah, it's like when they designed him as a character. They were like, all right, we need somebody that's just like evil incarnate. Yes, we, we need a literal evil villain. Like, right. Through and through, just like, what is a horrific demon? Which is where we're going to kind of go. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of the some of the inspiration. So, yep. um, so welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're talking about Molag Ball. This is uh, we're all the way almost through the M's now of the Daedric Princes and um, Molag Molag Ball. Normally we go over all the names here. I'm just going to, he has so many names, so many different ways that people know him and, or them Daedric Princes aren't necessarily gendered. And um, the, uh, in fact, many times people avoid actually saying Molag Ball kind of like, uh, like um, uh, what's the freaking dude from Harry Potter. You can't say his name. 
Voldemort? Voldemort. Where they just wow, don't, don't want to say Harry his name. Potter, but I, I, there you I, go. I, 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 I did it. Nailed you got it. it. You got it. You got it. Well, so, yeah. So sometimes people just avoid saying his name. So they just refer to him as things in order to avoid saying the name because everybody just kind of gets it. I mean, he kind of does his thing uniquely compared to, of course, all the other Danger Princes. So here's just here's just a handful. You ready for this? Here we go. The God of Schemes, Harvester of Souls, Lord or Prince of Domination, Lord of Brutality, Dark Lord, Harvester, Lord of Corruption, Corrupter, Tormentor of Men, Lord of Troubles, Prince of Schemes, God of Brutality, Sower of Strife, the Scheming Lord of Cold Harbor, the Prince of Murder, the King of Rape. That one you can attribute to Vivek, by the way. Yeah. Uh, domination and Supreme, or I'm sorry, Elder Spirit of Domination and Supreme Law, Prince of Rage, Schemer Princess, which is interesting, Molag, the Slave Lord, the Prince of Pain, Captain of Corruption, Dark Father, Father of Vampires, Lord of the Undead, Father of Undeath, Defiler, Father of Torment, King of Corruption, Lord of Lies, Lord of Darkness, Master, or I'm sorry, Dark Master, I was going to say Master of Darkness, but it's <laughs> Dark Master, and Dread Lord. What? I mean, the dude's got like... A huge resume. I don't know how you yeah. fit all of that onto one page. You'd probably put Edge Lord onto all of that. Edge too, Lord. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> yes. Yes. Look, this guy is like the heavy metal demon of the Elder Scrolls uh, world. So yeah. Yeah. So where do we even start, Lotus? <laughs> There's want... a lot to unpack with uh, Molag Ball, as Molag Ball has also uh, been featured in many of the games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, for, for the most current of them, was the original main antagonist for Elder Scrolls Online. He was the Soul Burst questline, which was the original year one for... Um, the Elder Scrolls Online main story, and he w- he was your your main villain, causing the Dark Anchors. You actually go to Cold Harbor, which is his realm, which we'll get into later on. Um, but he's also had appearances in, I believe, every game except Arena. If I'm not well, every mainline game except Arena. He's not in the he's not in Battle Spire. Although right, I, right. they make reference to him in Battle Spire in the Book of the Daedras. Right, right. Yeah, and um, uh, thank you, Chad, is also pointing this out. Molag Ball itself translates to Firestone. Yep. Just specifically Firestone. Um, the name Molag Ball, if, if we get a little bit meta and we pull ourselves out of the, the lore and all the stuff that's going on with all these different names, the name Molag Ball actually comes from two biblical deities. So these were uh, so if you're you're familiar with the uh, Old and New Testaments in the Old Testament, oftentimes the um, the uh, the the main characters, I guess you could say the uh, the Jewish people or the Hebrews um, would come into conflict with other local deities or deities from other nearby cultures Um, in in the Canaan Valley. The Canaanites worshipped a deity, deity by the name of Malach. And another one by the name of Ball, which if you put the two together, you get Molag Ball, Malak Ball. Malak is M-O-L-O-C-H and Ball is B-A apostrophe A-L. Ball, mm. you'll notice, shows up a lot in um, other 
types of fantasies as being like a demonic character. And what's interesting about this is that there's some connection here to like the demonic nature of these things. So, for example, um, Malik is understood to be a, a god of sacrifice, somebody who, who you would kill people in order to worship. And uh, the imagery of Malik is that of a bull with horns. And you've got kind of that demon, demonic like horn head thing going on. Mm-hmm. Ball. Strangely enough, although Ball is the one that I, I find to be more common in like references to demonic characters, was the god of weather, like fertility and vegetation. <laughs> and the reason why the Hebrews thought he was evil was because he was a competing deity. Any deity that wasn't Yahweh or Elohim, God in the Old Testament, was by by its very nature not their gods, they're therefore evil. But if you put the two together, then this is the sacrificial god of fertility and vegetation, (laughs) which I think is really kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, it's really kind of funny. But um, that ties back into some of the imagery that's used. The idea of like this horned devil looking character with like goat hooves and and all of that kind of thing. A lot of that is drawn. Ball is definitely more bestial. Um, Yeah, it's drawn from Christian mythology yep. really in, yeah in the very stereotypical demon-esque style um and and back in game relating to the names too mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of other characters that have a tie-in to moleg ball share parts of uh ball's name as well there's lamia ball which i will, will touch on in relation to the vampire thing um briefly but um and you know that that's more of a vampire thing, even though he's responsible for it, rather than just like having this turned into all of the episode about vampires. Yeah. Well, why don't, he's, why don't we touch on that real quick? Do, do we want to just touch on yeah, that and get yeah. move past it? Because yeah, a lot of say, people yeah. know the connection with Molag Ball and vampires. He's the father of vampires. He corrupted yep. a woman, um, a uh, virgin uh, Nedic woman in order to create the first vampire. And this is stuff that we learn in some of the extra content in Skyrim. The, um, uh, whatever that expansion was with the vampires. What was that called? Uh, Vampire oh, wow. expansion. Yeah, uh, Dawn Guard. Dawn Guard. There it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we know that he's responsible for the creation of vampires that oftentimes servants of his will even seek him out in order to gain vampirism. And that is a blessing that he will bestow upon them. And there's all sorts of dark ways that that happens. Um, the right, darkest the cold of harbor compact is really messed up. <laughs> right, right. And, and the, uh, the dark origin of this, and again, trigger warning is that he raped the young woman and that's the method which, which he converted her into a vampire. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> on the pronunciation thing it's lamay not lamia I, th- I think i said lamia which is actually like the the snake people yeah <laughs> different <you did. laughs> thing lamay ball <laughs> yeah yeah so um so i mean we don't need to go into that too much we i talked about that on the vampire episode the vampire and, episode so that's that kind of a little more in depth on on that but yeah he's just the creation of that uh whole thing and the name again is is sometimes shared um and another another tie-in, uh, just name recognition-wise, is in Elder Scrolls Online, there's the Siege of the Imperial City that's currently going on, where it's burning the Imperial Library, Daedra running amok throughout the Imperial City and all that. And um, 
while there's a battle going on in the white gold tower, um, one of the enemies you encounter is Molag Kina, which is another servant of Molag. Well, I actually forget the direct his daughter, maybe. Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, I forget the fam familiar relationship off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But either way, another another tie-in, not sharing the ball name, but in, in this situation, sharing the Molag name type of thing. Right, right. So, which I guess is just fun for creativity's sake. I don't know the yeah. uh, like reason why you would have Molag or name Ball. or the other name. Yeah, right. Do Dater Princes have surnames and <laughs> such? Yes, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've got that going on. Um, so the, the thing that we need to know the most about, the, the, I guess the thing that we need to focus the most on with Molag Ball is the fact that he's about, he's all about what he can get away with when it comes to torture and corruption. And, yes. Um, Domination is such such a main focus it's just to literally control the aspects of those he would consider lesser than himself or which is all mortals mortals and and again it's it's sort of like this desire to we've mentioned the kind of spheres that the different daedric princes fall into and it's this obsessive need to dominate like everything which leads to being a good villain when you're trying to essentially invade a world where everyone's theoretically at your disposal to be dominated if all goes well <laughs> right right so let's ch- let's divide this up in in like a few topics here we've got the domination the subjugation the corruption of mortals and then we have his competition with the other daedric princes which we'll get to a little bit later um now lotus you know you know me i've got i get some of these crazy theories and ideas and this one isn't a crazy theory or idea but it is a what uh, what occurred to me today in going through the lore and, and kind of researching this a little bit more was a deeper understanding into why he is so keen on undeath for somebody who wants to corrupt and torture and and dominate you also like the natural assumption is is murder is also mm-hmm. on that list right and right. it is sometimes but he is less about actually killing things because once you murder somebody you can no longer dominate them that's you are 100 percent have dominated them and you are finished there is no more to their story at all and it occurred to me that the best way to continue corrupting and dominating somebody is to make sure that they don't die is to keep them alive so the curse of vampirism is in its sense the the essence of that let's keep them alive so that they can continue to suffer through this affliction that they have for eternity and even if things do die then let's bring them into his land his his part of oblivion cold harbor Mm -hmm. and let's continue to dominate them because the souls that get brought into cold harbor oftentimes if they give in to him will be turned into things like bone golems and and these other creatures which are going to be dominated for the rest of eternity right so that's why he's into undeath he just doesn't want he just doesn't want to stop enjoying his domination and corruption of his subjects sure that that totally makes sense where it's just like okay you just eternally get to suffer because then i never get bored because i always have playthings right right or if you know like we've speculated about this before there's some sort of control there's some sort of uh, benefit that these 
princes get from being able to enact their influence over mortals. Mm-hmm. And we've speculated before that maybe it has something to do with their spirits when they die. And we've we've got many episodes where we've kind of talked about that. But in this case, it's almost like the domination of the the mortals him, themselves is is the end game. Like that is the end. That's why he wanted to invade Tamriel and pull it into Cold Harbor was so that he could have eternal control and domination over everything all the time. So that's kind of where my mind goes with that. And so therefore, everybody who is immortal is naturally very afraid of him because he's not like some of the other danger princes who like Boethia is just done with you. Right. Like. Boethia is kind of similar in a certain amount of like rebellion and and power, but Boethia is like, up. Oh, all right, well, I'm just going to kill you, and now you're dead. All done, right? But when it comes to right. Molek Ball, it's like, nope, the story's not not that quick. He's going to make sure that you are basically going to suffer forever <laughs> if if he has his way with you. Right, right. So anyway, that's that's just one of those things that I'd, I'd come up with today, looking at, at all of how this works um, in relation to mortals. But then there's the side of him that we have to look at where it has to do with his relationship to other Daedric princes. And there are a few that he stands juxtaposed with that are <laughs> absolutely like he doesn't get along with them at all, which yeah, makes some enemies. sense. Yeah, yeah. He's got some enemies. So I mentioned Boethia, right? Boethia yep. makes sense. They have kind of this ongoing rivalry and it makes um, th- actually this ties into the um, the lore from uh, the Dark Elves, the Dunmerry people, the yep. Houses of Troubles and all of those things. Boethia right. is one of the good Daedric princes. Molik Vall is one of the House of Troubles. He stands against them. And so that right there is conflict. Um, You have any anything you want to throw in about that? No. And I mean, I guess kind of in the degree of like. It's just interesting because like, I I guess when you're oftentimes referring to the different data, which, you know, we we do oftentimes, one thing that is just interesting, because when we were discussing, you know, the different anticipations and stuff like that and other episodes and and the good data, according to Dunmer, a lot of times we we even mentioned it's like uh, the concept of like good to them is like, oh, wow, that's that's weird because it it's still pretty brutal oftentimes, but in, in this situation, it's almost like two different sides of this brutality where one of them is just like, nah, this is, this is super screwed up as opposed to this is strife that you're overcoming or something like that. Whereas is kind of interesting that there's that differentiation where theoretically in other literature or, or writings or whatever, either of these characters could be considered evil but in this one it's kind of like yeah not so much and actually as rob just pointed out as i wanted to get to that it's one of those situations where it's like kind of the rebel and the king type of thing and the big one that i wanted to get into was actually not so much boethia but uh i i probably next on the list which we'll be getting into uh which you'd normally consider another super devil demon in the series which is ironic that again bitter rivals with dagon yeah 
Yeah. So there's there's Dagon. Um, before we move on to that, though, one other little note, and I'm not going to dwell too much on this because it's um, this is a huge rabbit trail. But <laughs> but they're in the uh, Lessons of Vivek Sermon 14, it is claimed that he or they had children with Vivek. Yeah. Which is super nuts and created like mutant creatures. And there's right. This is a very Kirkbridean thing. It's very Kirkbridean. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. <laughs> and actually, a lot of the 36 le lessons are related to the slaying of all these horrific little monster children. Yeah. Yeah. So and if you, if you want to fall down that hole, you're welcome to. Maybe we'll do a whole other episode about that and more of what's going on there. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, much more 36 less. I mean, it involves Moleg ball, but it's very 36 right. lessons, which right. is in and of itself its own beast. Right. But like, yeah, puzzle for yourself a little bit here. Moleg ball and Vivek getting together, making babies. Super weird. Um, but okay, let's move on. So, so you brought up another Daedric Prince. You brought up uh, Mehrun's Dagon. Yes, and which the conflict funny between the two of them, because uh, related back to the visual style of them, when you think Mehrun's Dagon, it's very stereotypical, like devil, demon, hellscape that it's in, but it's totally in a different direction mm -hmm. from Molag Ball. And interestingly enough, based on what we were just talking about with the Dunmer, Mirren Zagan's also part of the House of Troubles, but is opposed to one of the others in the House of Troubles, which is kind of fascinating to think about where it's just like even the evil entities, quote unquote, well, actually less quotes around Molag Ball, just evil. <laughs> just more quotes around Dagon is a little more ambiguous there, I'll get to say. Um even they're at each other's throats just because of the ideological differences they have in their spheres, so to speak. Right, right. And what's interesting is that they're both I, I find them both to be similar in uh, iconography and, and the way that they look. They both have, have a kind of a demonic vibe going. Mehrun's Dagon's definitely got more of that like Goro big dude with multiple arms thing. Correct. But there's still that demonic quality to him and especially his realm. Cold Harbor tends to have very cool color palette. It seems to be very dark and, and blue and kind of purpley, whereas Merun's or uh, Molag Ball's realm, it's like fire and brimstone, which. No, no, the other way around. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Mayron's Dagon's realm is like fire, fire and <laughs> you brimstone. You are correct. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> again, I, I truncate all of these names. M, B, yeah. MD like like right, every, right, I right. just shorten everything in my brain um, and we were joking about this in the pre-show the other one that he specifically or it specifically butts up against is um, Meridia now, I would consider these three to be the ones that are the most in conflict with him um, and Meridia because of this reverie for life, the sanctity of life and its energies right. and those kinds of things. This fanatical opposition to the undead. Right, right. So you have one who's going to basically destroy life or corrupt, I guess is the best way to put it. Corrupt, corrupt life. It's, yeah, it's not so much destroying it. It's corrupting it and enslaving it. And Right. He doesn't even necessarily want it gone. He, it's just he wants utter control of it and to ruin it. Right, right. Whereas Meridi is like, no, no, no. Life is precious. You can't do yeah. that. Let's. And then so and there's, you know, conflict between them. and The stories we talked a little bit about this during the Meridia episode. Um, right. 
so it's think- interesting because of her uh just just like a quick side note before we move past meridia one yeah. thing we, we were talking about the fact that it's like with Dagon and Ball, it's like, oh, it's it's interesting that they're so opposed to each other because actually one of the things that uh, Prof brought up in chat that I specifically really, really like, whereas that that concept of uh, Dagon having like that overthrowing and like the, the idea of hope as well, just because destruction of something that's been established can bring hope to those that right. need that. Revolution. So it's kind of neat yeah. because that's a big opposition to permanent enslavement well that's going against the idea of like being able to overthrow that so that's kind of cool that they're at odds but the reason i i wanted to just mention the meridia thing is even though there's the the life aspect to meridia where she's opposed to the undead she's very much against free will <laughs> right so right it's kind of funny that they all they also share this weird sort of domination thing because she really is not, there is no questioning Meridia. It's you do as she says and, mm-hmm. and her Aurorans are creepy. So it's, <laughs> it is kind of interesting that they both kind of share that aspect, even though they're at odds with each other, a little different, obviously, but it's still, it's funny. The overlap in with, two that seem at the surface level more opposed to each other. And then two that look kind of similar have kind of like a deeper reason that they don't sync up. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they're siblings. They're like they're cut from the same cloth, <laughs> right, but they disagree right. about how you treat life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. There's a similarity there. Um, and then we, we also have conflict between Molag Ball with the Adra, the Adric spirits, um, RK and similar to Meridia, RK's, uh, love of life and and against the undead and that kind of thing is obviously a, a place of strife between them. Um, yep. And then Stendar. Stendar's another one that uh, Molag Ball kind of stands in opposition against. But like unlike the Daedric Princes, the Adric Princes are a little bit less active in the world. So you get a little bit less of that like one-on-one thing and more of like the followers of these people really don't like Molag Ball. Then you get a little bit more of that, like the priests of RK and that kind of thing. So, yeah. So there's man, there's a lot. There's a lot we could dive into with this stuff. Um, just like any of these other Daedric Prince episodes, we could go on about the, about him for like two hours. But um, these are more the uh, deeper but still overview kind of episodes. Anything else you want to point on before we point out before we move on? No, I think that I think I think that pretty well uncovers the the. I don't know, adversarial side of, of Molag Ball. I mean, Molag Ball doesn't tend to get along with many in general. These are kind of more, we just touched on the over enemies of Molag Ball, but you don't see a lot of collaborations with Molag Ball. Um, as much as the princes occasionally will work together, Molag Ball's usually doing his own thing, being sketchy off to the side <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of his thing well uh, yeah here, why don't we take a quick break we'll, we'll thank our patrons we'll come back and we'll cover the artifacts and some other fun little bits of info so don't go anywhere all right so everybody knows how vpn services and expressvpn can protect your privacy and security online right but did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock 
the UK version of The Office, or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore expressvpn.com slash scrolls lore to learn more this is a mist dragonborn and you are educating yourself to the elder scrolls lore cast all right, so here we are in the middle of the show. Yeah, the, the chat's coming on okay, because Vile is buddied up with old maybe. That, yeah. That's true. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, a number of uh, pairings up that happen throughout. I mean, you've got multiple ages of the world <laughs> to go over here. Sure. And there are a number of events where he, the, you know, temporarily pairs up with somebody else. Usually that doesn't last very long. But anyway, um, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons. And we have some new ones this week. Got to shout out Ben F., Stephen P and Matthew A, thank you so much for signing up on the Patreon. It is, it's a new month. This we're in July. We're at the beginning of the month of July, and our patrons kind of shift and, and change over time. We've dropped just below that hundred mark again. We're back to ninety nine. And some people just kind of sign up for getting the old episodes, and then they yep. they go away, and that's totally fine. But yeah, if you're interested in helping out the show, wanna wanna support us, wanna join us for future episodes, or be called out like our Daedric Princes, Mr. Gami Boy, Kira, and Noodle Al Dente, and Riverwood Chicken. You can't forget Riverwood Chicken. Um, then go check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast, and all the different things you can get, including t-shirts. I know I got another notification that t-shirts are going out again to some of our patrons, and so look in your mail, friends. You might see a new uh, Daedric Prince t-shirt show up pretty soon. And uh, I think we're getting closer to the end of the year of that first set of four t-shirts, which means I need to design some new t-shirts soon <laughs> to make sure that you guys have more stuff to get. Um, so I'll get on that. But thank you to everybody for your support. We really do appreciate it. Also, we have a new review to read. Here goes. This one's from this name is amazing, Lotus. The, how do you pronounce you want to try pronouncing this? Here, I'll spell it. G F H H H H J J G F F F. Yeah. Yeah. I think weird like you somebody threw a football at you, but you weren't paying attention, it hits you right in the gut. Yeah, I had. I was thinking like you just got punched in the stomach. That's the, yep. this is the sound of getting punched in the stomach. Have you ever seen that Simpsons clip with Hans Moleman and that football just hits him in his <laughs> junk and he just falls over? Hans Moleman is the best character on The Simpsons. <laughs> you call that a knife? This is a knife. Down I go. <laughs> That's my favorite quote. <laughs> He's also one of the ones that will regularly say when something really wacky happens and like it affects the whole town, you'll see him and he'll go, not again. <laughs> yep. I love that. Anyway, <laughs> maybe I should read this review in a Hans moment. No, that would take forever. Um, 
So thank you so much uh, from the U.S. who wrote uh, a treat for new and old fans alike. Five stars. I've been playing Elder Scrolls since Oblivion and immediately fell in love with the world. I consider myself a lore buff, but robots and Lotus have poured into every obscure detail and found many things I've missed. Their presentation of the lore is entertaining, engaging and easy to understand. Highly recommended for any fan of the franchise. I had an interaction with Lotus on Tales of Tribute, and even though he beat me somewhat badly, he was cordial and friendly, and we had a great discussion afterwards. I have not yet had the chance to encounter robots one-on-one, but I'm sure he'll be, he'd be just as inviting. 11 out of 5 stars. <laughs> <laughs> Would recommend the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, dude. Like, join our, join our Discord. Get on here. We're going to set up sometime in the next few weeks we'll set up a uh, a big tales of tribute competition and you're welcome to come play with us in our guilds so yeah that's absolutely. really awesome i actually didn't realize that this was from them at first because i hadn't read the review yet i uh-huh. actually had sent you uh the screenshot of like that it was like hey somebody somebody, somebody recognized me listener <laughs> yeah 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 it's always cool when when we see you guys out in, out in the wild uh but yeah, yeah i mean the amount of you that have found me in tales of tribute i apparently like i always joke that it's 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 kind of surreal when any of you that listen, say hi, uh, in game and, you know, in various applications, whether it's PVP or, you know, whatever the amount of people that I have run into in tales of tribute is like wild on PlayStation. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, my name, so apparently that's yeah. where everybody's chilling at the moment. So well, my name, when I play my, my, like, you know how it shows your character name, but then it has your account name. Most of the time you only see the account name. My, I changed my player name to robots radio just in case people w- wanted yep. to recognize me more, but you still see the account name. The account name for mine on PC is robots with zeros for O's and it's all lowercase except for this. So it's like lowercase R uppercase O lowercase B uppercase what looks like uppercase because it's a big zero yeah um so i'm not super recognizable i could i could totally get how people would see that name and not necessarily know it was me um but if you do see a robots with zeros <laughs> in a tales and a tales of tribute game that's that's this guy um and, <laughs> and if you beat me like send me a note and say Haha, i beat you um anyway that's what we got for the middle of the show thank you everybody for your support and for leaving ratings and reviews on all the platforms it really does help us maintain and continue to grow an audience we really appreciate that all right let's move on with the rest of the show you're listening to the elder scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities that is why the night mother loves you and we love you too oh. <laughs> all right well that is in contrast to moleg ball because i don't think he knows what love is at all um no that became a song there because it rhymed i'm gonna have to write a, a song about moleg ball all right, let's talk artifacts. I know this is your favorite thing. I hinted at the beginning with the voice line about the mace of Molag Ball, that that's the way you get it in Skyrim, which is terrifying and terrible because of the things you do to that poor guy. You want to start with that or should we save that we for later? Say, all right, so this is kind of an interesting one because this always is my favorite uh, part of the Daedric Princes where a lot of this, cause it's, it's very in gamey. So like, that's usually more of my go-to ironically enough. I think, uh, the Mace of Molag Ball's design is very, very cool. I really like the way it looks. Um, you can, you know, look it up on the UESP or it's in many of the different games. Um, but it's never the most 
useful. Um, it, it's fine, but the Mace of Moloch Ball, it's also known as the Vampire's Mace. Um, its enchantment drains the stamina and magicka of its victims and transfers it to the wielder. Uh, it's also been known to have the ability to transfer the enemy's strength to its wielder or trap their soul. So that's pretty handy because it's like a, you don't have to cast soul trap in game. You can just smack them with this thing. Yeah, That's pretty yeah. handy. Um, it gives you resources back, which is fine. Um, <laughs> again, not super noteworthy uh, it also been said to be a uh great weapon for uh vanquishing wizards which kind of makes sense because you can drain basically all of their magicka and they can't cast spells at you which makes life substantially easier um yeah definitely but in general it, it's got an orcish style to it so many legends surround the maze but the origins can be traced back to when molag ball deceived an orcish blacksmith and enslaved, enslaved them in the pits of cold harbor the blacksmith was uh turned into a soul shriven and forced to forge the mace hence the orcish it's not orc but like it's not necessarily orcish but it definitely has that orcish feel to it that just it's like the design. A, a blend of like daedric and or similar like kind of styles very much similar in style to like the the orcish slash dwemer type of feel to volendrung as well yeah it's it's got like an in world thing and an out of world thing to it it's definitely got that type of feel if that makes sense right right i just like the fact that this is like a vampire in weapon form in a way yes like it yeah. sucks things out of people and into you and there's just something about that that I've always thought was cool. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> so that's, I would probably say, the best of the weapons, which isn't saying much. I know, you would think, you would think with, like, him being so dark and evil that he might have some better weapons to give us. But... Most of his artifacts kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> How do you really so, feel? <laughs> the, so the next one I want to uh, tackle, um, which is... It's weird. I think it sounds awesome. And maybe that's why I'm less impressed because it sounds like it'd be really cool and it's really whatever. Mm -hmm. But the Mortem Vivicus, that is just a creepy name. Like, I think that sounds really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's, it's supposedly a powerful weapon created by Moeg uh, Ball. But it's a massive spell that was capable of holding and harnessing thousands of souls and could destroy all of Tamriel when it was released but it had no physical form instead appearing as a large cold light. It was originally like given orb. as a gift to the, yeah. what's that? It was like an orb. It was like an orb. Yeah, it's of like light. a big orb. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a big bluish white orb. Um, right. And it was originally given to the alien King, a numeral um, of Abarglass. Abar, Abar, Arbar, Ab, yeah. Ab, Abagarless. Ab Abagarless. It's a, yeah, it's there a we numeral go. Abagarless. That's how I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Nailed it. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, it's balls ball. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, here, real quick, we didn't, we didn't point out the connection to the aliens. That, that is another thing that's worth pointing out here. The aliens worshipped Moloch ball and, Correct. and you can see in some of the things that <clears throat> gut gardens <clears throat> yeah. that they learned a few things from Moloch ball as well. So this, uh, weapon although it wasn't really a wieldable weapon it was like a powerful spell seems related to some of that worship and connection back in yes. the, the time of the aliens. um but it yeah it it's since it's kind of not so much a thing as like a metaphor 
metaphorical thing. <laughs> I don't know. It it seemed it's one of those things that sounds like, oh, I could destroy all of Tamriel, but it's just this like floating sphere thing that theoretically is holding souls, but it's like eh uh, okay yeah. it sounds yeah. neat i guess this is one of those um, concepts that comes that came about because of elder scrolls online and like a story plot point right, but exactly. didn't really get fleshed out in any of the other elder scrolls in games the, exactly as like and a wieldable why, weapon or anything like that yeah, yeah that's why i think it, it's a little it falls a little flat where maybe mm. if it was more fleshed out it would have more to it right um, right well we can, we can move on from that one because there's really yeah. not a whole lot to say about it without getting into the whole storyline where it, right it and to in. be fair a lot of these won't have an awful lot about them which is why it's like he's so prominent it's kind of weird that there's really not well he doesn't much... want to give anybody any means of fighting back against i guess him. that's true he he wants to limit what what you're getting because there's also we'll just go to the the, the next one we'll cover is the crown of bones mm-hmm. uh, which again created... a cool name crown it, of right. bones it, 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 but it doesn't even have a picture it's literally no <laughs> <laughs> right like right. there's no photo of it even so it's like but uh it was uh creative by Molag Ball for the Admiral of the Lost Fleet. It was a crown allowed the wearer to control the skeleton sailors whose ships were uh, dragged into the maelstrom of Ball. And this uh, is another one of those ESO story points where right. we don't and, actually and get the item. It, c- c- correct. Um, as far as I know, as far as I know, no, you don't actually you, come you, across you the do item. You do not. Um, if the, the Admiral of the Lost Fleet specifically, uh, it's if you're interested in this, uh, it's uh, this is the storyline to um, Blackheart Haven is, I believe that that's what this is referring to, mm-hmm. which um, it's it's one of the base game dungeon storylines. So um, that that's there. If, if you kind have of interest in seeing minor. the storyline, you can go to my YouTube. It's the whole <laughs> right thing is there actually if you don't even want to play it like yeah it's it's a pretty cool storyline to be fair but the reason that the artifact kind of is lacking you, you literally never see it this is all tangentially dealing with the people afflicted by this curse right i um, wonder if and i think it would be really cool now that they're in pre-production for elder scrolls 6 that we don't get to see some of these items that in the time between elder scrolls skyrim and all these years that they've been working on ESO where they've been adding into the lore and all of these things have been added into the lore that existed or affected things usually in the second age, second era, but sometimes in the past, cause they'll do those little mind warp things where somebody can see into the past or whatever, but mm-hmm. they've got all this history now built with all of these other artifacts and things. It would be really cool to see things like the crown of bones or the mortem vivicus show up in elder scrolls six. Right. Um, and then continuing on with more, <laughs> but most of this is going to be more ESO. story, uh, story artifacts. We'll just right. call them story artifacts. Yeah, it really is because most of this also takes place in cold Harbor. Like these are just fragments of worlds kind of ripped into cold Harbor. There's the harvest hearts, uh, which are artifacts that Molag ball used to enslave large communities and power specific parts of his divine portfolio, which is a very interesting way of putting that that's from the UESP specifically. Um, but this comes about during the plane meld, the vestige, you destroyed the heart uh, within a portion of cold Harbor known as the orchid. And it's orchard, that's, that, orchard, 
Orchid, sorry, an orchid is a single flower. A single flower. Um, the orchard. An orchard is, is a lot of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> which is, um, what do you call it? It's this like vampire graveyard thing. We don't really need to go too much into this because yeah. it's its own storyline again, pretty good as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's just later on in the Cold Harbor section of Maybe we should PSO. make a, like a mental note of which of these stories we should go back and like flesh out in more detail because... It would be fun to kind of dive into we some could, of the, the details. So of far, stuff, the majority of these are like the Crown of Bones, the Mortem Vivicus, the Harvest Hearts, all are quest lines mm-hmm. in ESO. Like yeah. they what about directly this related to that. Stones of Cold Fire. So again, and then we, cool name. Cool, cool name. And the seven stones of cold fire are artifacts that were gifted directly to Moleg Ball or from Moleg Ball and distributed throughout the Daedic ruins of Vardenfell uh, that were dedicated to the Lord of Lies. These stones hold the power to summon and compel Daedra. They were used um, during the interregnum by Miss, bleh, Mistress Drafa to make a deal with the Dorama named uh, Zinkayez, I believe Z- is how you pronounce Zikinez? that. Uh, yeah, Zykanez. Yeah, I think I think it, I think in game they might actually say that is Zinkayez, but Zinkanai. It's spelled with an N. Yeah, it's it's an X, N, Yeah, these Dramora always have X's and Y's. And the things X's and Y's. X Y K E N A Z. Yeah, Zinkayan Zinkanez. Zykanez. Well, whatever. It's to prolong her life. That's what happens. The stones were located at. Ah, uh, oof. I. Perfect. Uh, Balor. Oh, my Lord. Es- These are Daedric Dun- ruins. Uh, let's try this. Esutanimus. Okay. Kushtashpi. Rami Milk. Rami Milk. Rami Milk. And Yenserimus. And Tusenend. Those were wonderfully, wonderfully stated. There you go. Names. That's they're all um, just locations around Vardenfell. Yes, they are. Those are data yeah. ruins around Vardenfell. Again, in ESO. Um, and again, they're black stones with like this weird blue swirl, like blue flames in them. And that's that's just that's it. That's it. That's, that's about it. it. That's really go play ESO. All right, and then there's one more. There is one more. The vampiric shards. shards. You want to cover the vampiric shards? Yeah, I mean this is another ESO thing. So uh, the vampiric shards. Another ESO. So we'll we'll just we'll just cover real quick. The vampiric shards are foul relics that corrupt whatever they come in contact with. When the Saxleal village of Hodge Uxith was brought to Cold Harbor, Molek Ball gave the Argonians one of these crystals to keep their hist alive. It was the only thing sustaining the hist in Cold Harbor's inhospitable soil. Over time, the shard poisoned the hist. The hist was dying, and the shard kept it from passing, forcing it to endure constant torment. Another, Beautiful. It goes back to the whole undying thing, keeping things alive. Like, yep. why would he help them out and keep the hist alive? So he could freaking torture it forever. So he could torture it for all eternity. Right. And- Again, this is a, a you, you will find the Argonian Zanmir in Cold Harbor in ESO. There, there is this Argonian village that they're referring to with this dying hist. It's another portion of the Cold Harbor zone in Elder Scrolls Online, and that's the extent of this artifact as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are the artifacts. Not a whole lot of super interesting stuff if you're looking no, for things you can wield in the them, games. But- they yeah. kind of without sounding like super dismissive 
outside the mace of Molag Ball as a Daedric artifact, the rest of them seem like story MacGuffins, really. And that's yeah. Yeah. pretty much the extent of their existence. They have their one quest they relate to, and that's pretty much the extent of anything you deal with them. Right, right. You know what would be really cool is, so there's different origins for artifacts sometimes the artifacts are crafted by a daedric prince sometimes they're crafted by somebody in service of the daedric prince it would be really cool to get an artifact that somebody who was being like enslaved by molek ball used like was able to siphon off some of the power or something in order to create an artifact to fight against molek ball in order to try to break enslavement, okay. you know, yep. and he would still be like wielding the power of Molek Ball, like because maybe they were like in close servitude with Molek Ball or some of Molek Ball's other, you know, realm or whatever. Sure. sure. Some source of power. I'm sure they can come up with a reason. Right. Um, but then like that, that would be like a weapon that was specifically tuned to fight against Molek Ball, but also came from Mo- or maybe it was like a piece of Molek Ball's like horns or claws or something like that like turned into a weapon right that would be really really cool there you go there you go uh elder scrolls 6 team there's your idea for you the can week. have that one you can have on that idea <laughs> yeah just name it the uh robots blade or something which doesn't make any sense no in that's the lore. Co- very lore bad friendly. name doesn't sound like it's coming from fallout at all it's a bad name it's a very bad name um <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't do that. Uh, but if you do, if you do use the idea, let me know. Let me know. Just give me a little nod. Just give me a little. Mm. All right. Name it something else, and then just put a winky face at the end. We all know what it means. <laughs> With a winky face, Molex razor, Molex pain razor, winky face, <laughs> winky <laughs> face. All right. So um, <laughs> uh, we've covered all the like the main stuff. You want to talk about some other funny little things? I mean, there's a lot of other things we cover in this episode, but. I think it's I think it's time to move on. Um, so this is a fun little fun little note. Uh, Molek Ball in Daggerfall. Do you remember what color he was? Isn't he green? He's green. Yeah. He's a big old green looking like demon guy with hooves. Which is cool. He kind of looks like he belongs in Doom. Yeah, he's kind of got yeah, he's kind of got like that Doom bad guy vibe going he, on. It looks for for a gauge again, you can go to the UESP if you want to see him. His little animated gif is there. Um it it makes me think of the Hell Barons. Yeah, from, okay. from from Doom or Doom 2. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the state of the world back then. I mean, Doom was huge right. back when they so were working on Daggerfall. He, yeah, he de- he definitely has that vibe going to him. Yeah, I totally get that. Totally get that. Uh, here, let's talk about the voice actors. So there's two different voice actors. The one that voiced the stuff from um, Skyrim is different from the voice actor in Elder Scrolls Online. The The voice you heard at the beginning is Christopher Corey Smith. And ESO's voice actor for Molek Ball is Malcolm McDowell. And some of these mm-hmm. names you've heard before because of doing other other things. Um, the... Uh, filmography for Christopher Corey Smith is is pretty substantial. There's a lot of like animated types of stuff. Um, uh, Bleach is is one that a lot of people would recognize. Um, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, and these are minor characters, medical student, homeless man, things like that. But a very long list of things every year starting in like 2003 up until current time. So most of this stuff is like anime and then other types of animation a little bit of film work 
and then video games. And the video game list starts with Spider-Man in 2000. Uh, He does a bunch of like uh, superhero type stuff. X-Men's Revenge. He played Mr. Sinister, Apocalypse Colossus and Soldiers. Um, (laughs) And then you get to the uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim where he was only Moleg Ball. Sometimes these actors end up doing other characters as well. Yep. Just Moleg Ball. And then has continued to do uh, lots of video game stuff ever since then. Very, very prolific voice actor. You'll probably recognize the voices, uh, you know, if you play enough different games, watch enough different anime, those kinds of things, you'll you'll see him popping up over and over again. Um, Malcolm McDowell is interesting because uh, Malcolm McDowell was in A Clockwork Orange. Did you know that? 1971. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Clockwork Orange, uh, Fallout 3 as John Henry Eden. It's another important one. Uh, games like God of War 3, um, Silent Hill. But then, for the most part, our audience would recognize him as Molek Ball in The Elder Scrolls Online. And you hear a lot of Molek Ball in The Elder Scrolls Online because every time those dark anchors fall down and Molek Ball taunts you, that's uh, Malcolm McDowell's voice. So... Always fun to go into the voice actors. You guys can look those up and see if there's any other games or or shows or whatever that you're familiar with. Um, Let's see. Anything else to note here? I'm just kind of looking through the rest of the notes. Um, I think we covered everything else. Most of it kind of came up with uh, in the conversations that we've already had. You have any other final thoughts? Um, no, I was going to say for a good gauge, um, you never really attend cold Harbor itself, the realm outside of, um, elder scrolls online. But one thing that I actually just thought was kind of interesting about cold Harbor, um, is it's supposedly like it's as an idea. Cause you know, all sorts of realms of oblivion are, are, have their own formation and, they usually tie into the Daedric Prince. One thing that I just think is kind of cool about his realm specifically that I kind of wanted to just mention is I like the fact that it's supposedly like a mirror image of Camriel itself, except basically his corrupted dominated version of it. Right. Right. Like he's doing, like he's like creating a model of what he wants to happen. Exactly. It's like, this is what I want to do if I can like basically get this plane meld to go off. So it's just like, I really feel like it's a blueprint of what he hopes he could actually do. And he just manifested it into his actual realm. Yeah. Like his Um, little test run before he actually, which as a realm is kind of interesting, but it's just like, it's essentially just, crappy version of the real <laughs> version of Tamriel. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was kind of unique um, to him specifically because it, it, unless I'm forgetting something, it's really that actually makes it kind of unique to all of the other realms, which are very different and usually like some type of manifestation of the Daedric Prince. And ironically a, a beat up dominated version of just what you play in game is kind of just what his ideal realm is. So it's just kind of like a, a cruddy version of the game you already play. Oh, that's his realm. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah. Elder Scrolls six taking place only in cold Harbor. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> why is this guy always blue? 
because this, cr- <laughs> this is crappy Tamriel. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. There you go. We we have Tamriel at home, and then you just go home. <laughs> It's Molly Ball's version. <laughs> Molly Ball's Molly Ball. Can we have our Tam? Can we get a Tamriel? We have Tamriel at home already. We have Tamriel at home. That's just Cold Harbor. That's just that's just your crappy version, Mom. Yeah. So yeah, shut up. We'll be there soon. Stay buckled up. <laughs> so that was really the only thing I specifically wanted to just add at the end. There's not a lot to say about his realm other than that. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's what kind of I find makes his realm a little distinct uh, from the others. Mm-hmm. There's okay, so there's one other concept, and I'm not going to dive into it, but I just def- definitely want to nod to it. The concept of the ruddy man. We didn't talk about that title. No, we didn't. And the ruddy man occurs in two different places uh, in connection to the Dunmer and Vivek, and then also to the Reachman, and they're two different things. Supposedly, they are not the same reference, even though they both are reference to, references to Molek Ball, but right. they're not referencing the same exact events. The, the, it's like the names co-evolved in their own ways based on interpretations of what was going on at the time in two different locations. Which is weird because that's something that happens in the real world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. neat that that's in the story as well yes like that it's been crafted that that type of thing happens because that's almost like a real world event that you wouldn't expect to be written into a fictional thing like when it's fictional it seems like a mistake because it seems like an author mistake but it like you said it happens in the real world so and a student of author would know that right right so and and that's that's another thing that's just because of the unreliable narrator and the way that a lot of the elder scrolls has formed as a series, you get a lot of things that are not super common in fantasy worlds and fiction. Because, yeah. yeah, exactly. In fiction, because it's just it, the way things are passed down, you don't have definitive answers a lot of the time in this series, which is, odd because there is kind of no omnipotent narrator to direct you it's just like well no this story is from this culture or this group of people or this person won so here's their interpretation of history which happens in real life so it's it's oddly parallels how history and stories are passed on in real life yeah yeah it's it's very interesting so maybe we'll do uh, an episode on the ruddy man and the two different yeah, versions we, of that in the future that's another right, one to kind of stick a feather in our cap get back that, to it that later. almost seems like that would go along with the 36 lessons if we get into yeah. that and yeah the Oof. many horrific little children spawn of them as well Oof. uh all right that, well i feel like that'd be a, a project in and of itself that would not fit into the last like four minutes we have for the show no no absolutely not absolutely not but um but uh, we'll get we'll get around to that stuff eventually there's there's just so much to cover in elder scrolls lore and we've been doing this for years now and we're still not anywhere near the end so um yeah so stay tuned for that in the future uh lotus you have anything going on you want to share how's how's tales going tales Uh, tales is going well um as always just kind of continuing with the events really been enjoying high isle although uh you know i I, i've made no bones about i think this might be my favorite expansion to the game yet uh i really really enjoy it Mm -hmm. but i have had so many technical problems with it like really Wow. I actually have not encountered a portion of the game that is not broken. 
um, not a single portion, which is very frustrating. I think I had like Um, one hiccup on like one quest that just kind of stalled out. We've had to actually stop doing things with my group because they're so unplayable. Is this in dungeons and trials? It's everything. Literally everything. There's no portion of the game that works 100% correctly anymore, which is very frustrating because all I want to do because I love the expansion so much is play it more. But achievements are broken. Rankings are broken. Quests are broken. uh, World bosses are broken. Dungeons are broken. Trials are broken. We did. We got together with the guild. We did have an issue with the world boss. Yeah. Um, And it's nothing is yeah. and and the big thing that i've been saying nothing is game breaking but each of them adding up has been very frustrating as a whole right like it makes no you want to pause thing. and come back later once Co- correct it's yeah. just been a lot of little things honestly none of them are that big of a deal but the fact that everything we do kind of has something that we've on the bright side we've also found ways around some of the stuff mm-hmm. but just needing to account for that has been frustrating because like i said i love the high Isle expansion so all i want to do is spend my free time playing it Right. And when you run into stuff like that, it's like, oh, God. So do I do I be aggravated, but also keep playing because it's fun or do I stop? But then I'm jonesing to play it more like it's this weird balance, which we just got a patch on PlayStation. So hoping that some of that works out uh, to patch it, because I know PC got a patch a little sooner than us mm-hmm. uh as you got the expansion sooner than us pretty common so yeah. hopefully that corrects some some of the issues at least uh, because yeah so far i will say that stuff aside i love high isle like and i've had way more fun with the card game than i expected yeah. i'm not yeah. great at it but I like the zone. I like the card game. I, I like love the zone. The I story's love the been zone fun so much. Um, and the events in the zone, the world bosses in the zone, they're so good. Like, yeah, there are the a lot of way, the new trial is great. The way the island is designed and like the mm-hmm. rocks come out of the water and the fact that you can come across like um like these rock formations that were placed by like ancient cultures that are yes. like part of this like and you just kind of come across them as you're running across the landscape yep. like there's a lot of cool little little like hidden bits i feel like in there are in the design of the world which is really cool um yes. so yeah yeah I, I agree i agree i think it's yep. i think it's it's they're getting every and we talk, we've talked about this for years every time they release a new zone it seems it's cooler than the last one right and and this one i just feel all aspects of it hit exactly what I was kind of looking for, even if I didn't know I was looking for it in a couple aspects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've really been enjoying it despite the technical issues that I've had kind of, I guess that speaks even more to it. Cause it's like that hasn't even dampened it that much in the grand scheme of things. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm going away this weekend to the beach. So I believe arc and Promethean who has actually returned to tales, uh, last episode, which was great. Cause oh, cool. he hasn't been on in forever. Um, I think they might be attempting to uh, host a show, even though I'm away this weekend. Hopefully it all works out. But uh, yeah, I was going to say, if you're ever interested in the other show that I do, which is much more just 
topics of discussion in Elder Scrolls as a whole, as Tales of Tamriel. But other than that, just kind of been playing and enjoying the new expansion now that we've got it. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I've got I've got my stuff, robotsradio.net, for all of my shows. If you're into Fallout, there's the Fallout Lorecast. If you're into Lord of the Rings, there's the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you're into doing podcasts or want to learn more about doing podcasts, then you can join us as part of the Rocket Club, where I work with other creators and help them launch their shows and make sure that they're able to build audiences and create the best kind of show they possibly can. Uh, if you don't want to sign up for that, there's a book I wrote about podcasting. All of that stuff can be found at robotsradio.net. And um, my other side project I'm working on is I've been writing more music and I will be releasing um, a, a bulks of music, basically like sets of like EPs. Like the first three are going to be um, lo-fi and they're going to be copyright free, like you can use them on stream. You can do whatever you want with them. You can listen to them on Spotify. You can add them to your playlists. You can do all those kinds of things. So um, I'm working on getting that stuff launched in the next few weeks. The first EP will be up. I'll be putting more music online as time goes by and eventually just kind of building out a catalog for people to use for streaming and doing all sorts of other things. So that that's all under robots radio. It's going to be on like robots radio is the name of the band <laughs> on Spotify. So I was like, hey, easy to find. There you go. You can find it. Um, so go check that stuff out. And that's what I got going on. We'll be back next week with another Daedric Prince. And I think that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We love having you here. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. See you later. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcasts they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time All right. Yeah, Ben's outfit looked awesome. Oh, yeah. That thing was wicked cool looking. Yeah, very, very cool. <clears throat> All right. Well, my uh, my wife and my son have been on vacation this last week. They were up in uh, the Carolinas hanging out at uh, the, her grandfather's cabin. Her grandfather passed away just like the last year. But he, oh. had, he has a cabin up there, and the rest of the family is, uses it for vacation yeah. stuff. So. Oh, okay. They went up and, and did that while well, I stayed here and, you know, did stuff I needed to do and continued working yep. and things. Um, so they'll be back tomorrow, which will be nice. Nice. I've been batching it up, eating terribly and, you know, hanging out with my dogs. So Yep. That, that, that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we, uh, I'm around. I get a, after work tomorrow, we're leaving in the morning. Uh, yeah. We're heading to the beach, uh, for a couple days with basically nice. all of our in-laws. Everybody just kind of rents basically an entire block of a hotel nice 
And then we just, since there's so many of us there, we just chill at the beach. Like people yeah. will go out to eat. You're bound to find somebody who wants to go out to eat at the same time you do. Right. So it's nice like, to go on vacation with a group of people because it feels right, like your options then, increase for stuff. Exactly. And it's like, you, you can do your own thing or if you want people to do it with, you can group up and like do it. So that's kind of, it's a like yearly thing we do. That's uh, cool. Her family. So yeah. Then the beaches up in the Northeast are so much. I mean, everyone's like, oh, the beaches of Florida are beautiful and stinking hot and terrible. <laughs> if you like being in a desert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you think is nice, I would much rather be like on the coastline of like yeah. the northern U.S. Sure, sure. And you know, like, you know, like, I don't know, that kind of environment or on a boat, you know, like, yep, I don't want to sit on a freaking desert. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Anyway, that's just me though. So have have fun up there. That sounds yeah. That appreciate sounds cool. it. And uh, yeah, but I'll be back again by midweek, so I shall be back for the next show. Awesome, awesome. All right, chat. Thank you for hanging out. So glad yeah. to see you guys. Um, yes, it has been awesome. I've been seeing everybody in the in the chat playing and stuff. I've been meaning to jump in and join you guys again. I just need to find time to do it. And uh, you know, keep it up. I think uh, you guys are doing awesome things for the guild, and I'm sure people are appreciative to have more activities going. So uh, thanks so much for for getting that going and, and being a part of it. Sand is terrible. It gets everywhere. <laughs> it does get everywhere. As somebody who loves the beach, sand when you're leaving the beach is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start quoting Anakin Skywalker. Anyway, all right. I'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.